Ben Jablo from Postal.io, and you're listening to The Sassholes. Welcome to Sassholes, the podcast, the show dedicated to issues within the software as a service industry, where Jamie, Jason, and Pete, and I, we all have a combined hundred years of making many, many mistakes in this industry, and are more than happy to share them with you. Before we get started, uh, could you please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button? Um, today, we are joined with a very special guest, of, a friend of mine uh, and of everyone on the Sassels, uh, Ben Jablo. He's VP of Alliances at Postal.io, a startup uh, run by Eric Kostelnik, who is also a former employee and friend. Before we get to Ben, we need to get into our sponsor. This episode was brought to you by Neuronoodle.com. Neuronoodle, get a doodle of your noodle, which is a brain map, and find out why you might have panic attacks or any other mental health issues. Visit Neuronoodle.com today, book your appointments, tell them the Sassel sent you, and you get 50% off that uh, initial brain map. Mention it's party and it's 5%. Yes, if you mention it me, it's 5%. And now on to the joke of the day. I did say, please um, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button before this joke. Go ahead. Arnie. Yes, Pete. Arnie. Yes. Arnie. Yes, Pete. Yes, I heard you the first time. I'm starting a new dating service in Prague. It's called Checkmate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I actually shared that with my kids uh, that night when I saw that on the list. Um, and the funny thing is, Justin Jackson, who I'll, said that before this, he was he was the guy who gave you jokes uh, before, um, which is a shame. But anyways, that was Patrick Kent. Patrick yeah. said he did it. Kent, and so did Justin joke, Jackson. Joke I think machine. you had a whole team. I think you know the 150 employees you had in the small business unit. Did you have 15 people just were joking? Conan oh, O'Brien, you think he writes his own stuff? Well, actually, he did. <laughs> he did. He was a writer. And Conan's funny. All right, so now shout-outs. Pete, you want to get into the shout-outs? My, my boy, Michael Yerke, president of House of Blues Talent. Had a nice little chat with him on a, another podcast, Chicago, back in the day. He says, we're going to get back to live concerts in the third, fourth quarter of this year. Bring it on. Oh, yeah. Cannot wait. Cannot wait for that. that. That would be great, yeah. Jason, you got a shout-out? Yeah. Uh, I do. I do. I've got uh, Brianna Harper, who was uh, probably my first hire when I was at Outmatch. She is now the senior content manager at Bluescape Software. They do online collaboration, California company. Very cool. Super excited for her. And uh, I got one more a guy by the name of Logan Sand who is the partner manager at Envision Group here in, uh, in Texas, Logan. Logan's a great guy. Logan uh, jumped right in, Outmatch acquired his company, and, and he moved to Dallas and jumped right into the culture and the business, and just a great guy. So uh, congratulations to them both. Brad and Logan. All right, I got a shout out, one of mine, uh, Homer Teddy Mars. Uh, he just started a new job as a junior producer at BD, BBDO. He's a family friend of mine basically a, a, a little brother even though i already had a little brother he's another little brother because our families are so intertwined so there's a shout out teddy pete you got anything yeah jane sloan Sloane worked with us over at she's the lead customer service manager at sense you know what i told her when she made the announcement that what? makes sense <laughs> nice two jokes in this episode wow yeah you're kept out that's your weekly allowance uh, for bad jokes. <laughs> the problem is <laughs> that's all you have. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> I want to give a, congr- a, a, a shout out to uh, Max Morris, Maxwell Morris. Uh, unfortunately, he just joined my team, uh, so I just hired him. Oh, I want to give him a shout out. He's uh, on my team. He's uh, 
he's smarter than I, I think the collective whole on this um, this call because he did go to Marquette undergrad, which is where I went. So like minds um, put together. So go Marquette. Nothing like learning in Milwaukee. Got anyone you want to give a call out to? I know you're on the call, Ben. Oh, is there more to the show or is it just call outs? That's it. That's all we do. Pretty much just call outs. Yeah. 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 The, um, listen, I, two of your, I, I'm, I'm very friendly with two of you, all of your biggest fans. Uh, Tim Corbett, who's, we have uh, four fans. That's Timmy it. Boy. Yeah. Do, uh, do you all remember Tim Corbett? I remember Tim. He's directed, he's a, um, he, he's director of finance somewhere. Um, yeah. That sounds right, Carney. Games. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We'll I go with it. Down. Tim is your biggest fan. He uh, he texts me um, summaries of each eight. of your episodes. And then Ryan Fitz, another second Marquette. biggest fan. Fitz. Another Marquette alum. He went yep. to school together. Yep. Yep. Both great Alex, guys. Alex Green says my recommendation when we were at Beep was how he got the job at Beep. Well, there you go. Fitz owes you his career. Unbelievable. He does. I should have taken 10% of his income. Hi, Tim. Hi, Ryan. All right. Wrapping up, Matt Myers, Enterprise Sales Manager, Grubhub. Way to go, Matt. Way to work yourself up off the street into a leadership position. Is Matt Myers, he used to, he used to work at our old employer too, correct? Yeah. Did he, is he from Maryland by any chance? Do you know, Pete? I don't know, Ben. All right. Well, we'll have to find out. I'll, I'll send him a note. Congratulations, Matt, on your new uh, your new role. Venture. All right, let's try to quickly get through the news uh, segment because this is timed. So if someone listens a week from now, it might change. So go ahead, Pete. ADP added 117,000 jobs in February. We were expecting 177. Go figure. Number yeah, two. Yeah, not booming. Number two. J.J. Watt took the money. Took the money, didn't want the rings, took the money. That's all I got. Well, there was no rings in Texas. That 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 went from uh promising to nothing last year. So. Yeah. Yeah. He just left because the Texans are destroyed. They're gonna get rebuilt again. I can't believe they went from you know like in a, the semifinals like or whatever. Yeah. All right, so the main topic <laughs> Ben Jablo, as Pete always referenced Jablo. Uh, it's just banners to blow, um, and we can get into that story. But at the because uh, because Pete, I believe, was the initial hiring of Ben. But Ben, our topic today is going to be how the pandemic has forced us to get back to basics. Also, how it's challenged us to like rethink um, how we deliver offline media and Postal IO understands offline media and how to bring technology and automate it and modernize it. Um, so Ben, why don't you give us a little bit about what you're doing today? And what Postal IO is all about? Yeah, the uh, thanks for having me, guys. It's it's not often I get thanks, to thanks uh, talk about what we do on such a uh, world renowned platform. Um, so I appreciate the opportunity. Postal.io. Yes, that's exactly what I mean, Pete. Um, Postal is a really awesome company. We um, we call ourselves an experience marketing platform. And so, you know, basically what that means to simplify for Carney, um, <laughs> we provide the ability for companies, we're a B2B platform, we provide the ability for companies to um, send items, right? So your swag, your direct marketing, um, direct mail, I should say, you know, note cards, postcards, um, any gift that you would send a prospect or a current client or someone in your company. We provide the tooling to do that in a very automated and efficient way. Carney, you know, to speak your language, you know, you can set up an automated process through Salesforce where every time an account goes from prospect to account closed, you could set it up. So every time that occurs, you send a bottle of champagne and a handwritten note. We've been able to grow pretty quickly over the last six months. The pandemic has uh, exacerbated the need to use multiple channels to reach prospects and current clients, and we've benefited from that. I hate to say you benefit from a pandemic, but the company's been able to grow more quickly because of it. Well, you guys just started up right before the pandemic, right? I mean, it is yeah. a 
recent startups. So growth needs to be done and you got to pivot your business model no matter how. How has the pandemic impacted how you guys were going to go to market to where you're at now? Like, has it changed anything or are you guys just doing what you wanted to do and the pandemic has just increased your success? It's changed a few things. Initially, we were um, targeting sales and marketing from a prospecting standpoint, as well as sales marketing and success from an, a current kind of account standpoint. But we've had to quickly incorporate the idea of internal sending, right? Because all of these companies now, most of their employees are not centralized. So they're working from home oftentimes. So we see a lot of companies that are sending things to new hires. Maybe they send a new hire swag box, but they're also sending different items to current employees to keep them engaged. One of the things that we found is that a lot of companies were using our site to send bottles of wine either to their current employees or to prospects or to current clients, and then organizing a virtual event. Maybe it was a wine tasting around that send. Mm. And so we've, we've launched a secondary marketplace, an event marketplace where we offer these different events and experiences um, and handle not only the sending of the items, but actually the booking of the talent, the invites, the RSVPs, um, everything up to kind of the day of the event. Well, so you guys are doing not only just the sending of the documents, but also like, I, I know uh, there was something about Second City. You're booking like a Second City. Yeah, no, we we just announced the launch of, we, we call it Postal Events. We just announced the launch of Postal Events and we did it through our platform. Um, we partnered with Second City and we had a personalized event where we had a thousand attendees come and we did, we did a sales versus marketing roast. Um, ah. So Second City ah. did a little improv and we had some audience participation and went really well. Um, it was really well received. So are you, Ben, are you guys sourcing all that stuff? So the, the event and the talent and all that, but are you also sourcing the um, whatever, the, the champagne or the shirt yeah. or the swag and all that? You're also sourcing that stuff? Yeah, we're, we're, we're a true marketplace, yeah. right? So we work with hundreds of vendors um, to offer either their goods to sell on our platform or to offer their goods and kind of the experience that they've developed. I think it's cool that what started as a, how do you promote your business to prospects uh, evolves into how do you build culture, right? Cause that's what, that, that's what you're doing when you're, when you're trying to keep your, your employees engaged and, and doing something for new employees, you know, you're really helping to build that culture. I think that's, that's super important as, as we talk about the pandemic, right? Keeping people engaged and, and enculturated into the business. And um, I love that angle of it. Yeah. And companies are getting really creative about it. Right. And we're providing kind of the tooling that allows them to not only get creative about it, but do it efficiently. Like, I mean, I, this is a, it's a relatively new job for you. Right. So how'd you get, yeah. how'd you get started there? Well, I've been there, you know, when you compare my experience for 16 years, I've been at uh, Postal for a year. So relatively speaking, it's definitely new. How long has the, the company uh, been around? We launched in beta. We launched in beta in March and then we had our um, hard launch in May. Almost a year old. Our former employer, I worked with one of our coworkers, all of our coworkers was a guy named Eric Kostelnik. And uh, Eric worked out of the San Francisco office and then he came to uh, Chicago and uh, ran a sales org in the uh, staffing and recruiting group. And Eric left probably, I don't know, 10 years ago. Yeah, about 10 years um, And got all kinds of different experience. He, he um, was one of the first employees at a company called Identified that was, that was the first acquisition of Workday. Um, and so he kind of, um, he learned the ropes, kind of the startup ropes there. Then he went to work at a company called Reich, who just recently sold to, gosh, I can't remember who they sold to. It might've been Cisco. But while he was at Reich, he came up with a concept with a friend and business partner of his that later became TextRecruit, just a platform for recruiters to easily communicate with prospects via texting. Totally bootstrapped, um, ended up selling the company a couple of years later to iSIMS for a pretty penny. You know, along the way, Eric met some people and 
you know, the concept of postal was actually derived from working close, closely with a company called Outreach.io. Are you guys familiar with Outreach? Wait, I think Jason is. Jason, are you familiar with Outreach? Yeah, he was there. Were you at no, Outreach? I was at, called, I was at a company called Outmatch, but we Outmatch. used Outreach. <laughs> we used, our sales team used Outreach. Uh, to, you know, our sales and marketing team as we did SDRs and, and AEs, we used Outreach, so. The, uh, but, but listen, this is kind of a cool story. So the guy who, uh, the founder and CEO of Outreach is a guy named Manny Medina. And um, Manny, prior to Outreach, he had a company called Group Talent. And Group Talent was a marketplace for recruiters, um, employers, and candidates. Manny's a wicked smart guy, but they were hemorrhaging cash with Group Talent. And so he went to his team and he said, guys, you know, the only way I've crunched the numbers, the only way we're going to survive is if we um, set 10 times the appointments that we're setting now. And I've talked to you guys about working harder. That obviously doesn't work. We need to think of a technical solution. Type faster, so, right? type faster. Yeah, right. That's right. T type faster, talk faster. So they came up with a technical solution over a weekend. They built it over a month. They launched it and it actually worked. They were able to set 10 times the appointments and then their sales reps would go and meet with the recruiters and talk to them about their product and also the tool they used to set the appointments because it was exciting to them. And inevitably the companies would tell them, Hey, listen, we're not really interested in what you're selling. We are interested in learning more about that tool you use to set the appointments. And the company pivoted, became outreach, and now they're a $2 billion plus organization. And so when Group Talent, when Manny was at Group Talent and Eric was at Text Recruit, they both became equity advisors in each other's companies. And so when Eric ended up um, selling his company to iSIMS, he and Manny were talking about kind of these blind spots in the outreach business. And one of the blind spots was the ability to add um, direct mail and gifting and you know uh, tactile items into their sequences so that they could send those things across channels to their targets and have their How clients do, utilize the tooling. So I think it's fascinating that you guys have something inside Salesforce that if it goes to stage three to four, it might send out a bottle of champagne or something like that. How do you handle it today where you can't send it to the office nearly all the time because everyone's working from home? How do you guys handle that? Like, I know that's probably on, you know, the people that are using your service, but that's got to be a problem in, in general when you're trying to send out swag, right? Yes, it is. Um, and it's a problem. You know, what's really interesting about that is it's a problem for retailers as well right? Because companies would go to retailers, especially over the holidays, and they would say, I need to send out gifts to all of our clients, but all I have are email addresses. So to answer your question, Jamie, we've developed two ways that, that our clients solve that problem. Um, one is that for every item that they send out, they can, um, it defaults to sending out a gift email. And in that gift email, it says, hey, Jamie, uh, Ben Jabla from Postal.io has just sent you a bottle of champagne. Um, accept the I didn't gift. get that email. You, you won't. I, I didn't send you a thing. Um, I mean, these promise, that, that, that's a promise, basically, yeah. right there. Well, that's, that's a promise. Right. Yeah. Ferrara and Jansen, I'll send you guys something later. Yes. Thanks. But uh, a, a little thank you. Um, but you would hit OK, Jamie, and then you'd enter in your address. Right. And only after you enter in your address, enter in your address and hit OK, does it actually trigger the send. So our clients don't get charged until the send actually occurs. And we've also uh, developed really cool technology where you can basically load up a specific item in a link and just put the link over a chat and they can go in and enter in their information and claim the gift that way as well. What's a typical cycle? You know, emails, you have drip campaigns. Do you have like a gift campaign? Like what's a small business, 10 employees? What does it look like? Or that's not a customer for you? No. So uh, 
are you are you talking about our specific sales cycle, Jansons, or are you talking about how how companies? I'm just use saying, us I, I, if I was cycles? going to use your service, like I have a yeah. small company, ten employees, and I have clients that come in. You're doing client retention, I would guess, or employee retention. If they've been there for a year, you give them something. I don't know what's a typical program. So typically, there are three use cases um, that we see our clients utilizing first use case would be for prospects, right? So sales and marketing, using it to endear themselves to a prospect. Maybe it's to set up a first meeting or maybe it's just to kind of push them over the uh, finish line. Um, and so they might, you know, send a charitable gift card to someone to say, Hey, here's $10. You can spend it on the charity of your choice. You know, I'd love to talk but to you. Like the human funds. The human fund. Yeah, you gave my gift to somebody else. And that, that's right. You can you <laughs> can go into the uh, charity finder and find the human fund or any charity that you desire, Jansons. And there are some <laughs> unique ones in there that would be relevant for you. I think that's a good idea to do the okay. charity because there's so many uh, companies out there that have really you don't know, but they might have policies that say you can't accept yeah. gifts from prospects. Can't accept gifts, right? Yeah, totally. No, that's totally no right. That's totally right. The second use case would be companies using it for current clients, right? And so that's sales, marketing, success, using it for a renewal or an upsell. Um, and again, we see companies using it different ways. Maybe they do something that's a little more personalized or branded. Um, we work with an awesome vendor who can put a logo and a name on a beautiful wooden box um and send it out in 24 hours um but again you know the the best gifts are the ones that are personalized or, or slightly customized and then we see um to the point earlier we see a lot of companies that are now utilizing it for their internal employees sending a swag box to new hires um doing sales it officially do you guys see a huge uptick in sales kickoff Absolutely. Look, we, we also, you know, we're, we're partnering with some of the companies that do um, th that have the virtual event platforms, um, the larger platforms that companies are utilizing for sales kickoffs or client events. Right. And being able, you know, we work with them to be able to send gift baskets or gift bags to everyone who's attending the event. They can just go into the event, click a link and add their information and have something sent to them immediately. Um, and then, as we mentioned earlier, a lot of companies are using it to send items to have these virtual events for their employees or prospects. Um, and as, as we discussed earlier, we've made that process much easier too. So Ben, what's, what's the, your product gets used by sales and marketing in uh, your client's sales process. Tell us about the postal IO sales process. You use your product in that sales process. What are you looking for for new employees? You know, just give us a, some color around what that sales process is like. We work closely with sale with uh, outreach and sales loft um, in our um, in our new business kind of workflow. We utilize outreach, and so we've incorporated Postal into all of our out outreach sequences. Right, so. We've set up these different sequences, and those of you who know outreach, you set up different steps. And so we've set up postal to send, whether it's a gift card, whether it's a thank you note, we've set up postal to automate um, the send of those items after specific mm -hmm. steps within the sequences. So we have it within every outreach sequence. And you know, we've put together some white papers about this, but we found that on the prospecting side, we can, you know, the, the impact is about 100%. We can, we get two times the appointments that we would get otherwise when we incorporate some kind of gift item into the, uh, the sequence. Are, are your, do your clients have a concern about cost? Like, I mean, I can run a sequence and not send anything, and it's obviously cheaper than if I do send something. So that that ROI that you're talking about, you know, incorporates all the, you know, cost for your clients, or do you calculate that per per client? We have we, we've developed a metric called cost per touch, 
that we have on our on our site so we can we can put together the you know based on the items that are sent out we can put together a um spend versus the amount of people that it's reached and figure yeah. out obviously a cost per touch metric and then without if you know if you're using us in conjunction with outreach and sales loft you can um give credit to, you know, depending on when the individual responds, you can kind of credit each part of that sequence or that mm -hmm. cadence. Um, but, you know, Jason, it's all based on the return on investment. So depending on the cost of your product, um, you know, in our world where our average sale, you know, figure our average sale is about $10,000. Um, if we're able to increase our metrics by 2x, you know, when you take that into account versus the cost of the platform, it's a no brainer. And I think that most of our clients have become, and you guys have seen this probably across the whole industry, companies are, are becoming extremely savvy about evaluating the tools that they're using. And, you know, it's all about the metrics. And if they see a return on investment, they'll invest more. It's so, it's so interesting like how things have evolved. And you guys see this again, and what you all are doing just in the last two years, you know, Jansen's, you know, when you had your team of like 4,000 people that were making a hundred calls every day, scheduling five appointments and closing one piece of business, right? Like those were your like steadfast metrics. If companies are doing it that way now, they're not being efficient. And it was brilliant at the time. It's just not efficient anymore with tools like Outreach and Sales Loft and just the other tools that are out there to make things much easier um, and make sure that the sales reps are actually having the really impactful conversations. And they're just able to accomplish so much more now. And the metrics are still there. You can still quantify everything. It's just much easier to do it because there's so much more technology. Sounds like we need a little sales contest. Let's, let's set it up. Let's set, let's set that bad boy up. So how can we, or how can anyone listen to this call or this podcast, sorry, how can they help you and help Postal IO? Like, what are you looking for yourself in terms of people you want to be chatting with and getting to know as you guys are growing, you know, I imagine uh, by leaps and bounds every single month. So what can we do for you? What can anyone listening do for you? We generally want to talk to uh, marketing leaders like Ferrara. Good looking, very intelligent marketing leaders like Ferrara. Yeah, yeah that's mm -hmm. most important there. Mm -hmm. Those two right. So, mm -hmm. so we're typically talking to uh, CMO, CMOs, VPs of marketing, demand gen leaders, talk about their tech stack. What about so, CROs who want to like, engage with prospects and stuff like that wouldn't you want to end sales ops people yeah of course right it depends how the how the companies are, are structured we're, we're seeing a lot of uh kind of the bdr functionality and the sdr functionality move kind of into the marketing world yeah um are you seeing that as well ferrara yeah i mean i i get i get asked that question all the time too where should it where should the sdrs live and my response is why well, it kind of depends on how you want to measure them i mean they, you know, there'll be one year here and one Who's year here and back to the other place, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we we did exactly that. We yeah. we uh, at the company I'm at now, we moved the BDR function to the marketing team, and yeah. now uh, six months later, we moved it back to the sales team. So I you think know it's in, in ben, six months you're going to move it again. Yeah. Well, yeah. in six yeah. months we went from like twenty BDRs to four, so it had to get moved back. Yeah, I think you know Ben that. The answer to your question is that the, the SDR role continues to get more important as you you want to try to, to in, in my mind, it's like you want to keep the really expensive AE on the, the conversation, like really building out that sales, um, that sales opportunity, whereas the SDR, less expensive, you can afford them to do a little bit more, to do more stuff, right? And this is one of the kind of the more things that they would be doing. But you know what's amazing like about that? You know, what I've seen recently, and, I, and I'm sure you guys have seen this too, the, these, um, these individuals that are the SDRs or BDRs initially 
you know, all of these startups kind of growing so quickly, these BDRs and SDRs are graduating to that next sales role within a year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it really, these opportunities now are so important for people who want to get into technology, taking these SDR, BDR roles, having the difficult conversations, doing a lot of the difficult work, it, it leads to growth so quickly now, so much more quickly than it did back in the day when we were kind of growing within. Uh, well, and because there's so much tracking, the learning is a little bit faster, right? So this is the whole kind of this concept of validated learning, right? I can see yeah. the, the SDR team or the manager of that team can see the, the learning happen because they have the data right in front of them. So, you know, you, you identify really successful people right away and, and you identify people who aren't faster. That's right. So yeah, move, that's move totally right. Up or out. Mm -hmm. And I know you're not going to turn away any customers right now, but what would you say is the ideal customer, like size, um, like a hundred reps, fifty reps, twenty reps, thousand reps? You know, like I know you're probably across the board right now, but where does it work the best? We're focused. You know, when 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 we outbound, we're focusing primarily on software and technology companies. Mm -hmm. um, and we're typically working with companies that are, you know, typically this is a, a pretty wide range, but I would say 200 on the, the bottom end, all the way up to about 6,000 employees. So we're, you know, we're, we're talking to enterprise types of orgs about implementing our um, software across their company. Why even you hit me up then? I just, ha I haven't got there, Carney. I'm, yeah. I, I'm so we, far we the total ball. No, it's a great, it's a great idea. I'll set up a score. Too late. Too late. I need that bottle of champagne <laughs> sent to my house. I'm not well, drinking right now. Once you become a prospect, we'll get you in one of those sequences and uh, you'll get, you'll get the whole, uh, the whole process. It'll be perfect. You won't know what hit you. It starts with little like air, airplane bottles of liquor and then it ends it ends with one of those big giant bottles of champagne. That's so right. The longer mm -hmm. I delay the process, does that mean the more I get? I just want to know how to work your system. No, that is that's not what it means. Damn it. Anything else you guys want to ask? I know we're coming up to time. Uh, yeah, thanks, Ben, for uh, coming on. And uh, let's make sure I can text uh, Mac Grover and give him a hard time as well. What about the, uh, the other guy? We got you blow. What about... Uh... At your company, Postal I.O. Oh, Tim Corbin? Eric? Oh, Kostelnik. Eric. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get Kostelnik. We'll get Kostelnik. He said he was going to come on when he said, I got to get on a, a show called Sassels. Yeah, he, did, yeah. he didn't respond to my to my outreach yeah. either. So, so we're, we're calling his ass out. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get him on. He That'll talks about it. how he wants to come on he all the time. It's, it's, tough with the, it's tough with the time change, right? He's out west. You know, everything operates a little bit differently out there. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll get him all on. Right, another we'll another riveting show, Carney. <laughs> all right. With that, cue the music. Wait a minute. What? What I forget? Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Oh, Smash that like button. Jesus Christ. For the people that listen to the whole thing, give us five stars on Apple Podcast and smash that like button and share us. And if you want to get on the show, let us know. If you just ask, or anything we'll let that, anybody on, right, Jablo? Yeah, I mean, we let Jablo on. This was a five star show, though. So I think people have listened this far. Yes. And they're, they're already, their fingers poised over, the, over oh, the fifth star. It really stinks. It would have been for sure five stars if we had time to bring Grover on. I think it's a broken internet show. Thank you so much. Cue the music. Found wild chicken wild. All right. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Great guys. to see you guys. Love you guys. Talk soon. Oh. Goodbye. More outtakes and show quickly. as usual. Smile you later. Bye. It's not there yet. It will be. So. There's my drapes. Yeah. And don't you like the drapes? Look at that. That style. Did you have a designer do that? No, that doesn't make me. Oh, I love that. Hold on. I'm just looking. Did drapes. you cut your hair again? Oh, look at that shit eating grin. Hello, guys. What, the, what is that? Hey, Beth. Good blow. Oh,
Fellas. Jansen, that's a solid stash. You Love like that? that? Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen the Ferrara beard. I'm waiting for Carney to get some facial hair. I look like I don't a think lot of followers. I don't think he can grow it. I don't. I think he's I too don't, baby I can't. faced. I do. Uh, I get. I got enough hair on my head on top. You do have a decent I mean, amount of hair on the top of your head. Kim, Kim Jong Un like haircut. You know, I, I the Kim Jong Un, the the Grover haircut. <laughs> do you do you you remember that right, Ben? Yeah. yeah. I mean, how can I forget it, Carney? You talk about it every like day to this day. <laughs> That's classic. It is oh. totally true. How long ago was that, and how many times have, have we heard about this? It was uh, it was error. probably three years ago, and Carney talks about it constantly, and and Grover talks about how angry it makes him constantly. So great. A lot of things yeah. make him angry, though, right? He's sort of he's he runs. He's got like Latin blood or something. He's like he's, no, uh, he's, it's, it's, he's angry. He, he can get he's he like, can uh, get fired up. Yeah, yeah, he can get really fired up. He lets it kind of like add up and. Yeah, as a yeah, whole, and then he lashes like, out. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's totally. sort of like a, a Caucasian, a little bit heavier George Jefferson. <laughs> I think that's fair. I would have, I would have gone more Archie Bunker, but you know, Archie Bunker without the racism. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, we just got canceled. We're not. We lost we're not recording, are we? Uh, right, right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> He Always records all now. the time because uh, he's... He corrupt. records all the time. It's the best stuff. Uh, Nobody cares about the rest of it. He'll cut yeah. everything out that is uh, that you don't want on. Yeah. Where, hey, I, I, uh, I ordered one of those helmets for myself. I, I, it still hasn't arrived. The, uh, like those, the, the kids wear? Yeah, I want one of those. I want one of those to wear on all of my Zoom calls each day. And uh, I, have, I haven't got it in the mail. I want it, Jansen. Send it over. And then I'll put it on my Wait kids, too. What's I, it called? I'm thinking one of those helmets when their skulls aren't formed correctly. You're neural noggin. Neural. What's it called? Oh, neuro, the neuro noodle? The neuro noodle. Those aren't helmets. Yeah, those are like cloth little. They look what, like. Whatever. Whatever, things. Jamie. Semantics. Yeah, you know, we didn't do that. Uh, I did not get the invite. I did not get the invite from Ted Cruz, nor would I You're not on the group text? send me one. No, I'm, uh, I'm happy that exactly. I'm not, but I'm not. Yeah. Um, Work towards yeah, it. It, it. It was funny because nobody here knows what to do, and nobody's house is built to withstand it. So even if you know what to do, you're still freaking out because, you know, your pipes are just sort of behind the wall. There's no insulation. There's no... You know, there's not there's none of the stuff you're used to. Yeah, how many it's really nice. Do you have in your backyard? Oh, you know, about fifty head. Damn, <laughs> to survive on that meat. Yeah, the, the the cow meat. You know, the cow meat really helped out, and and the neighborhood. I mean, you know, I I didn't sell it to the people in the neighborhood. I gave it away. You know. How many hats do you have? Yeah, do you wear cowboy boots? That that is a question. Yeah, so this is interesting. I do have a pair of cowboy boots. I had a cowboy hat before I moved to Texas, but I bought another one, a nice summer weight one. But when I wear them, I feel like an imposter, so I don't wear them. You know, like if I go out to the only time I'll wear them is if I go out to dinner in Fort Worth, and even then, I'm like, I look like an idiot i don't wear cowboy boots you know i'm an imposter so um i have stranger in a strange land yeah but i don't wear them so then i wear normal shoes that i would wear and people are like what's with the you know what's with the beetle boots i'm like well this is what you wear all right if i saw you in chicago with it on i wouldn't think twice about it (laughs) everybody wears cowboy boots man everybody Did did you wear them at the parades I don't know. I've never worn my cowboy boots to a parade. Hey, Ferrara. Oh, man. I know you're probably yeah. changing. I'm changing my location because I got some uh, work going on here. He's moving his uh, cowboy boots and hat. Yeah, I got to go out to the barn. Yeah. That's a good-looking family, Ferrara. Is that it? Do I hear a cow? 
That's a that's some guys putting up wallboard in the other room. Oh, so in the barn. It's a fucking mess around here. So when you guys are doing your intro banter, should I just stay quiet, or should yeah, I you just can jump in whenever you want? Do whatever you want. Right. Nobody wants to hear All right. that shit. Yeah, no. Great. You guys have some. I've had some some of your fans reach out. Oh yeah. So you're saying Postal I understands the value of what? You said textile what? <laughs> just the, just the value of <laughs> being able to... <laughs> Textiles. Textiles. Tapestries. Offline you know, media. Gabardine. Ball bearings. Ball like yeah. bearings. Textiles. Isn't that what George Costanza? Are you, are you George Costanza? I am. Uh, Vandalay, just fucking uh, Vandalay Industries. Vandalay Industries. <laughs> Spanners to blow. That's right. Um, is that a mini Coke, or does it just look that way in your hands, Jensen? It could have been a lot better. Well, let me see here. It was bad. It was awful. It looks like uh, like an airplane-sized Coke, but I think it's actually a real size. Is it a real size? It is a real size. <laughs> I like those mini Cokes. We've been drinking the mini Cokes, and it's like the perfect a, amount of Coke. Right. And that's what yeah, Jensen yeah, looks like, but, it, but it's Damn. not. I know when you were back on those, when you went on those sales trips, you say Coke and maybe something else. Jamie, just, 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 just say the ability to don't, don't use, don't use words like tactile that are um, too smart yeah, for you. Just, like, just, just, just say, say something too, like, tactile. just say something along the lines of tactile, the like, value totally of being able to send tactile. things to prospects, to clients, to current employees, whether it's. You know, to endear yourself to a prospect or a client, or whether it's to organize a um, virtual event or experience, right? I just the keep longest it elevator pitch. I that did. that's a long I elevator. I had to go right, up and guys. down multiple times. Press all the buttons. Punch it over to you. I'll say something brief. I'm going to punch it over to you, so you can tell us all about it. I'm going to say we're an experience marketing platform. Experience. Wow, that. Yeah, that'll do it. The University then, of Chicago then, uh, got you right there. And then Pete's and then Pete's gonna say, "Hold on, what the hell does that mean?" That's what he's gonna say. <laughs> he's gonna say. So you're gonna have to do it differently. <laughs> you must have put your cowboy boots on. You look tall. <laughs> well, now I'm. I had to move, so I'm standing up. All right, fair enough. Wait first. Sure. Want, hey Ben, do you want to get on first and say hi? This is Ben Jablo, and you're listening to. The Sassels. Sure, Jamie. I'd love to. Alright, that was good. Right? I have a voice and a face for radio. How many more kids you got? Any more on the way announce it today? I have, I have two currently. We'll see. You got two kids, Jamal? Yeah, yeah a five-year-old and a two-year-old. When my wife is yelling at me, I round it up. Almost two and almost five. Apparently, August, August is, not is not almost. Yeah, August is yeah. not almost. I would agree. I it's think you round up. I'm a, I'm a round up. I'm a round up guy. So round up. Yeah. I don't even Leave me alone. I'm on a very important podcast. I don't even remember when my kids' birthdays are, so who knows? I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, you have too many kids. That's why. I do. You can't keep all that information. You keep having them. The yeah. funny thing is, on Facebook, people think I have like nine kids, including my mom's friends, because anytime there was a baby at one point, I'd pick it up and say, hey, we had a baby. <laughs> Are you done, or is there a few more? Like, is there potential for another one or two? No. Ben was Ben was around when I uh, was told I had number four, and uh, he knew my reaction to that one was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. And then I was the hey, first uh, person to see when number four was delivered when Jamie sent me the picture from his car. Oh yeah. Yeah. Seat of the car. Yeah. yeah. That's why she was named happy. Kennedy. Because your wife was very happy with Kennedy that picture. Expressway. Yeah. I did send that to um, WeatherTech. I thought they should have put it on all the billboards because it saved our car. Um, uh, so, anyways, all right. Let's get so started. Be 40, 40 minutes out takes 20 minute podcast. <laughs> Perfect. 
It's funny. One of uh, one of the things you know, Jamie was awesome to work with for so many years, but that guy cannot remember names. I can't. He botches every name. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my one of my um, botches names and uh, sayings. I'll say like, "Wow, that must be a landmine," and I mean a gold mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. Um, For all of you listeners, before this conversation, yeah, I know this is a po- an audio podcast, but Jansen's was drinking. We were talking about kind of the airplane si- airplane sized bottles of alcohol. Jansen's was drinking a Coke, and honestly, it looked like an airplane sized. Look like Andre the Giant drinking a, a yeah, like his, hand. his hands are ginormous. Only when I'm getting money. Jablo, how'd you get started in the business world? Tell oh, yeah, tell us about story. your first yeah. interview at, uh, before, um, not at um, not where you met Andrew Gardner and all those other guys, Terry uh, Gallagher, all my buddies. Yeah, I've, I've been following Terry and uh, Andrew. Those guys are doing well. Um, I saw you guys talking on uh, LinkedIn, I think. You and Andrew, Jamie. We're um, friends. He, 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 yeah, no, no, I know. He's my money man. Both great guys. Um, the uh, okay, so so here's the deal. It was uh, we're, I'm, we're, I'm going to date all of us here, but, please, but the years. This is like the first right after the first um, internet bust, right? Bubble burst. So yeah. probably around uh, 2001, let's say, and. Uh, I was working at a. I was laid off at a company called uh, Jobs Online, uh, Markets on Demand. Back in the day, in Chicago. that's with Andrew Gardner, right? Yeah. That's where I met Andrew Gardner. That's right. And uh, so um, I, I I get invited uh, to um, a job interview because um, when the office was uh, out by O'Hare and. Uh, Hunter Arnold called me, and Hunter is is was working two roles. He was doing um, kind of the small business sale of selling the job postings to clients, but he was also doing sponsorship sales, so banner sales at the time. And so he was doing both and doing better than everybody at both. And uh, I think management said to him, "Hey, listen, you got to pick one, and we'll put you in a leadership role, and you've got to replicate what you're doing with, with all of these other people." So Hunter brought me in. We had a great conversation. Called me back in, and we wanted to meet and meet with the team. And at the, at the time, the team was was run by Jansons, uh, and it also consisted of Jeff Dillman, who's Dillman. done awesome, by the way. Dillman's doing great. He lives in Shout out. Evanston. Um, but yeah, he's at a very cool tech company. And then Adam Kowalski, who I think is at um, Kronos, um, what is it, whatever the... He was the at a software Kronos. company, so another shout out, Kowalski, wherever you're at, yeah, please call me. Yeah, two great guys. UK, so, UKG, the right. software thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So I meet with Dillman and Kowalski and the conversation went great. Um, and then my last kind of interview is going to meet with the, the leader of the group, Jansons, Pete Jansons. And so I, I, get, I get invited into this room. Uh, it's kind of a small room. And there's like this uh, this desk that, that to me feels like one of those desks in elementary school where the chair is attached to the... Yeah, is, it, is it cha- attached to the desk. And behind it is sitting this huge man um, that turns out to be Pete Jansen's. And it looks like that if if he stands up, the table and the chair are going to come with him. And he has one thing on this desk, and it's it's my resume, my paper resume. And so uh, I sit down, and Jansen doesn't smile. So you're intimidated. And, yeah. And he just weed looks out, at me. He looks at me and he uh, he says, I've got one question for you. Why do you want to be in, why do you want to sell banners? And I, you know, I had this, I thought about a lot about this and I had a really great answer about how I thought that it was a really creative medium and it was just getting started. And, you know, I could take a lot of things that, 
people had historically done with magazines and television ads, but I had this new kind of like, this new kind of creativity that's afforded to me where I can get really creative about the different things that we would do on the to stand out. I talked for a good probably four or five minutes and I finished and I was really proud of myself. And Jansen's didn't say a thing for about 10 seconds. And then he looked at me with this disgusted look on his face. And he goes, they're just banners. And he picked up my resume and looked at my name, Jablo, and threw down my resume in disgust. And he might have asked me a couple more questions after that. But my brain was just gone. I, I, I guess I did okay because he ultimately ended up hiring me. But uh, I was scared out of my mind. And, and from that day delete. on, oh, I, I will I will say I worked with Jansons for 16 years, and to this day he calls me Jablo. Jablo. What else Jablo. am I gonna call you, Jablo? Here's here. Can, can we use profanity on your your little, yes. your little podcast here? Please, it's encouraged. Jansons was only he was only my manager for like a month and a half and then he transitioned to his other group you know I I had a ramp up my first month people do in sales you have a ramp up and uh, so I had no quota that first month when that second month hit I had a bunch of stuff that kind of came in really quickly and so I I found Pete in the hallway Um, and, and at this point Pete was no longer my manager but I was really proud of what I did and so I went up to Pete and uh, I said, Pete, guess what? I just brought in $50,000 worth of deals in the last week. And Pete kind of grabbed me by the shirt and kind of like pushed me up against the wall. And he goes, you're a fucking sandbagger, Jablo. Embellishment. Yeah. <laughs> he grabbed Embellishment. you by the shirt and threw you up against the wall. You know, kind of like moved and here me. we are. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. Those are two good stories. I've heard them multiple Pre HR. Yes, that's right. That's right. There was no HR back then at all. We did some, some shady stuff at the end of every day, heck of a day. We don't listeners, Ben and I, we worked closely together at, for how many years? 13 years? I think more than that. That was a long time. You and I running all those nip sites and then trying to figure out why the company. What it, it is today. But anyway, I know you, we, we gave you an hour. It's been about an hour. Unfortunately, we got to bump Matt Grover again. Maybe we can get him on next week. Oh. Matt, we ran out of time. I'm so sorry for that. Caucasian short Jefferson will get to you. Parts of it, they weren't very good. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.